0: This is a Stand with Lynette podcast. You have episode 41, following the Lord when it goes against the grain. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepherd, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker... You are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Stand with Lynette. If you're new around here, I'm so glad you're here. Always, if you return, I feel honored to have you here. And today, we are going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. It's actually something that I don't talk about very often for perhaps obvious reasons, but... As you may know, I am a certified leadership parenting coach. I co-hosted a parenting podcast with my husband for a couple of years. I wrote loads of parenting articles. I created a parenting program to help parents prepare their teens for life after high school. And I don't talk about parenting very much on this podcast because it's not a parenting podcast and that is not the theme of my work anymore. I have moved away from that into talking about faith and strengthening faith, but today, I'm going to share a little bit about my parenting journey, because first of all, I cannot get it out of my mind. And when a topic won't leave me alone, that is usually an invitation for me to explore it on a deeper level. Exploration often creates a desire to share what I'm learning with you. So today, you will be the lucky recipients of my parenting reflections. But Don't worry, my friends, because the parenting stories that I share today will tie directly back to the gospel. And this experience of parenting has taught me so much about following the Lord into places that go against the grain, a topic that is of great relevance for many of us today. So are you ready? (laughs) Are you ready? Let's dive into this story. When I was a young mom, I would often ask myself what I had done wrong when child after child was born into my family with a hefty dose of strong will. They were determined to the core, sporting a my way or the highway attitude on just about everything. Once, when I was complaining to my mom about my plight, she laughed a little and told me I was getting exactly what I deserved. Apparently, I had also been a very determined child, but I felt like I was in way over my head. I had no idea how to mold strong-willed kids into obedient, responsible, kind, and faithful members of society. It was ironic that I had, just a few years prior, graduated from BYU with a degree in family science. I spent my college days immersed in the study of family, which included classes on child development and parenting. I had read the research. I had written the papers. I knew what the ideal was supposed to look like. But being in the trenches of raising a houseful of highly determined children was nothing like writing research papers on parenting styles. It was utterly exhausting, and most days I felt like a complete and utter failure. I read every parenting book I could get my hands on, starting with one called Parenting with Love by Glenn Latham. This is a book that I had picked up at Deseret Book, and it was about a parenting style that is now known as positive parenting. In fact, this book is often referenced by some of the big positive positive parenting teachers, especially the ones on Instagram that I know about today. The basic premise of that book was that praising kids' good behavior and ignoring their bad behavior would over time increase good behavior and ultimately extinguish bad behavior. It seemed like a reasonable and loving approach to parenting and I was sure this was the answer to all of my parenting problems. I dove in with great excitement but it did not go as anticipated. Ignoring my kids' bad behavior did not make it go away. Instead, that bad behavior intensified. It didn't matter how positive I was that being a positive parent would solve my problems. It simply did not work, only increasing my feelings of parental failure. I tried many other parenting strategies, including the popular practice of timeout, which did not work at all. Sitting in a chair for a couple of minutes was not enough to motivate my kids to listen, obey, or be kind. I tried a system called one, two, three magic, which was anything but magical. I tried elaborate systems of rewards, which only worked until the kids tired of the rewards that I had to offer them. Then their behavior deteriorated again, leaving us back at square one. I tried so many different parenting systems in those early years. It left my head spinning there were so many, and all the while, my kids' behavior seemed to get worse instead of better. Nothing appeared to be working, and I truly believed that at least some of my kids would end up in prison one day, and it would be all my fault. It all came to a head one spring day in the year 2005. I was a few weeks away from delivering my fourth child, and my husband was in his last semester of dental school. He was in the process of applying for residency programs, which meant he was gone a lot traveling to different interviews in different states, and we were probably under more stress than we had experienced ever up to that point in our marriage. In the midst of all of this mounting stress, my six-year-old lost his cool one day because I would not give him something he wanted. He looked at me with rage in his eyes and screamed, I wish I were dead. It felt as if all of my fears for my family met in that frozen moment in time. Evidence of my parenting failure was dripping off my son's lips. Though I had studied and prayed and tried everything I could think to try, my son's out-of-control behavior and searing words told me I had failed him. And by extension, I had failed God, who had trusted me to raise this little boy and the other children he had sent to my home. Normally stoic and composed, I collapsed on the floor in a heap of tears. What more could I have done and what more could I now do for these precious children whom God had sent to me? Several months later, the answers came in a way I did not anticipate. My husband was now in his residency program and came home one day with a stack of parenting books that he had purchased from a man who had done a parenting presentation for the residents. He was in a pediatric residency program, so a parenting speaker did make sense. But my husband was sure that this parenting information was the answer to all of our problems. I was skeptical because I had read and tried so many different things, but I agreed to read one of the books to see what it was all about. This parenting philosophy was unlike anything I had previously studied or tried. It was grounded in common sense rather than psychology, relying on the wisdom of previous generations rather than modern experts. And while I was somewhat skeptical, we were desperate for relief. So we decided to give it a try. Almost overnight, we orchestrated what we now affectionately refer to as the Shepherd Revolution. Among other things, we stopped allowing our kids to run the show and started holding them 100% responsible for their behavior. We established and maintained firm boundaries, even when the kids pushed back against them. We stopped flying by the seat of our pants and started making parenting decisions based on the qualities we wanted our kids to develop in the long run. From that point on, we were extremely intentional about our parenting decisions, many of which went against the grain of popular parenting philosophies such as positive parenting. But we had tried implementing many of those systems already, and they did not work for us. Our fiery, strong-willed, fiercely determined kids needed to learn that they could not have everything their way. They needed to learn the values of obedience, respect, and personal responsibility, which they did not learn when we took the positive parenting approach. They needed a firmer touch than what positive parenting could provide. With firm boundaries in place, however, even the strongest willed of the bunch eventually learned to obey, work hard, take responsibility for their actions, and respect others. And as they learned those values, we were able to give them more freedom because they could successfully discipline themselves 95% of the time. We were very strict for a time because we felt like it was necessary for our kids' growth. But once they reached the teenage years, we rarely had to discipline them at all because they knew how to live comfortably within the lines. And when they stepped out of the lines, they could make course corrections without much much interference from us. It was a win-win situation in every way. To this day, I am 100% convinced that the Shepherd Revolution saved our family. Our kids are certainly not perfect, and as parents, we have made our share of mistakes. But all three kids who have since left home and launched into adulthood have thanked us for how we raised them. Every one of them has admitted that it wasn't always fun to learn to live within the lines, but it was what they needed, and it has blessed their lives in countless ways as they have moved into adulthood. That is a massive parenting payday when your kids realize that, What you have done has benefited them in the long run, and they are grateful. But while we were in the middle of the learning years, establishing and maintaining firm boundaries was essential to the vision that my husband and I had for our family. We were very intentional when choosing those boundaries and did so with the end result in mind. But it was not a party for us to enforce boundaries, and it was not fun for the kids to learn to live within those boundaries, and going against popular parenting paradigms by utilizing strategic discipline instead of offering our kids only positive experiences was anything but fun. Of course, we have had plenty of positive experiences with our kids along the way, even in those learning years, but fun was not our goal. Raising Respectful Humans Was. We received significant backlash for our parenting choices, even from those very close to us. Family members even warned us that we would likely ruin our kids because they thought we were being too controlling. They assured us that we would do well to change our parenting style into something less demanding if we wanted our kids to have a shot at turning out normal. But they did not know what it was like to be in our shoes. They did not live through the years of kids spitting in our faces and throwing books at our heads and threatening to run away when we did not give them what they wanted. They did not know what it was like to read and study and pray until we had bruised knees for guidance on how to raise our fiercely determined children and then to try strategy after strategy after strategy with no improvement." we made intentional decisions to go against the grain because we felt like it was the best decision for our family. It was not about control in our minds. It was about molding our fiery kids into humble, meek, teachable, hardworking humans. We had a clear vision for where we wanted to go and our solid why kept us moving forward, despite the opposition, which was sometimes kind of intense. There were times in the muddy middle when we wondered if our efforts would ever pay off. But now that we are getting ready to launch our fourth child into the world, I can confidently tell you that our efforts paid off a million fold. The path that some thought would ruin our kids actually has led them to thrive. And I have reflected upon our parenting journey over the past couple of weeks, as I told you at the beginning, this has kind of been replaying in my mind. And as I have thought about it, three takeaways have made themselves clear. And I would like to share those takeaways with you because they not only apply to parenting, but to following the Lord into places that stretch us. The first takeaway is that sometimes the Lord leads us down paths that go against the grain. He can see the whole picture while our vision is often so limited. And sometimes the things he inspires us to do don't align with popular paradigms of the day. I am 100% convinced that the Lord led Greg and I to the parenting style that turned our parenting around, even though it was not in line with popular child rearing techniques. He knew what my kids needed, and it was different than what most other people were doing. That is not to say that other families won't thrive while using more popular techniques, but mine needed something different. Beyond parenting, the Lord has led me down many paths that go against the grain of popularity, not the least of which is sharing my faith in an increasingly faithless world. Again and again, he has asked me, Will you follow me here? Even if you don't want to? Even if it goes against the grain? Even if it doesn't make sense? I find strength in Neil A. Maxwell's words. He said, The submission of one's will is really the only uniquely personal thing we have to place on God's altar. The many other things we give, brothers and sisters, are actually the things He has already given or loaned to us. However, when you and I finally submit ourselves by letting our individual wills be swallowed up in God's will, then we are really giving something to Him. It is the only possession which is truly ours to give. Close quote. I love that so much. Our will is the only uniquely personal thing we have to give God. Kevin Pearson spoke on willingness in this past October 2022 general conference. It was one of my favorite talks of the whole conference, and he said, Quote, the church is a gathering place for imperfect individuals who love God and who are willing to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That willingness is rooted in the reality that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. This divine truth can be known only by the power of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, our willingness is directly proportionate to the amount of time we commit to be in holy places where the influence of the Holy Ghost is present. Close quote. I always want to be willing to follow Jesus Christ. And as I have spent more time in holy places, such as the temple over the past few years, my desire to follow him has grown exponentially. It has helped me to develop a solid why, which leads me to my next takeaway. Takeaway number two is a solid why will save the day. After having gone through the parenting gauntlet, my why became very clear. I was willing to do whatever it took to raise respectful, responsible, capable humans. That vision was crystal clear in my mind, giving me the strength to stand firm no matter the pushback. The same is true of standing firm in my faith. Why do I choose to stand firm no matter the opposition? Getting to know Jesus Christ on a more personal level through scripture study, meaningful prayer and meditation, and learning to draw upon his power by spending time in holy temples has helped me to develop a solid why. Repeatedly doing those things has continually reinforced the fact that Jesus Christ is the only one who can save me and my family. If I give in to the pressure to minimize my faith, I would be leaving everything on the table, including eternal life with my family, peace amid turmoil, and everlasting joy. That is my why of staying in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. What is your why? Why do you follow Jesus Christ? Why do you stay in his gospel? If you want it to sustain you, your why cannot be because I'm supposed to. You have to dig so much deeper than that. As I sometimes ask my kids, if everyone you know, including me, decided to walk away from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, why would you stay? That kind of why, my friends, will sustain you, come what may. So what is your why? Takeaway number three. Personal revelation is personal the Lord knows us individually and treats us as unique individuals, which means He will inspire us to do the things that are best for us. It also means that the path that is best for me might not be the best for someone else. That means I do not need to know everything. I only need to trust that God knows everything. And if He knows everything about me and about my family, I can follow him without reservation, even into places that go against the grain. It also means that without walking a mile in another person's shoes, we cannot make snap judgments about why they do or don't do certain things. There is often a much bigger picture that we cannot see that is between that person and the Lord. Having said that, I firmly stand with Elder Renlund in believing that, quote, "...personal revelation will be in harmony with the commandments of God and the covenants we make with Him." Close quote. I do not believe that God inspires people to do things that go against His commandments or the sacred covenants we make with Him. Such a double standard would render Him changeable. And as Mormon teaches, a changeable God is a God who does not exist. Therefore, the Lord will guide us to the answers that are right for us, but he cannot excuse us from following his laws. Friends, if personal revelation led you down a path that went against the grain, would you be willing to follow the Lord down that path? Would your why give you the strength to do so? What will you do today to solidify your relationship with the Savior and learn to access his power in your life? This week's shine challenge is to uncover your why for staying in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints and write it down in your journal for safekeeping. Write it down so that you can refer to it as often as necessary when your faith or your resolve feels weak. The adversary will try to pull you away from the Savior and the safety of your covenants again and again and again. His attacks are getting stronger and more frequent and more subtle, but also more blatant all at the same time. He will never stop attacking. So we cannot let our guard down for one minute. Prepare yourself, my friends, to walk into places that go against the grain. Prepare yourself to stand firmly on those roads by embracing your why. And never stop seeking personal revelation, For what steps to take next together friends let's embrace our unique whys so we might stand more firmly on the path that leads back to him thank you my friends for being here i will be back here again next week with another interview i will see you then thank you for spending a few minutes with me today if you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepard, that's two N's, two P's and an A-R-D, or at LynetteShepherd.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again, and remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.